eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 17 weeks, 4 quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one winning, winning try. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Winning Drive Podcast. I'm Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, co-host of the Glenn and Rita Show on 105.7 The Fan with my guy Cordell Woodland from Shaking It Up Sports and the Ravens reporter for 105.7 The Fan. And Cordell... The Ravens win in a crazy, crazy fashion against the Los Angeles Rams in overtime, 37 to 31. One of the wildest games you can imagine uh, of the year. And look, I, I could be living in recency bias. There probably was some wilder games this year. I don't. I just don't remember them. I remember this one being a uh, back and forth situation. I believe there was nine. Um, lead switches in this game, the way that it ended, the bad calls, the no calls. It was just a lot going on in this game. But ultimately, the Ravens found a way to prevail. Yeah, I mean, to your point, I think this is the wildest game that the Ravens have been a part of this season. I mean, uh, at least one that they've come out on top and you can make the argument that maybe that Browns game was just as wild with the way that they were able to come back. But to see the Ra- Ravens, you know, kind of fight off their demons a little bit, get the fourth quarter uh, draft that they got out of Lamar Jackson. And I think that was so good because I feel like people have forgotten how good Lamar is in the two minute drill, how good he is in those type of game tying or game winning situations this year they haven't been in that spot a lot um but if you think about Lamar historically that's when you get the best version of him because he's using his legs more and then also looking to make plays down the field and that's what he did uh on Sunday as well so um it was just good to see the Ravens um 
in a in an unusual spot. Like I said, playing from behind, they haven't really trailed at all this year. Right. And that was one thing I had talked a lot about com- coming out of the bye week was that down this final stretch of these last five games, I think we're going to get a lot of questions answered about this Ravens team because they will find themselves in positions that they didn't find themselves in in the first 12 games. And we already got a taste of that against the Rams. And look, they've got more intense matchups coming up that that lead me to believe that this isn't going to be the only back and forth game that they have. Yeah. um, And let's uh, expand on the offense a little bit. Um, What we saw from this offense, you know, um, how resilient they were after just really not clicking. Let's expand on that uh, part, Cordell, in terms of the offense, because this is a, a group that really shows some resiliency when it mattered the most. And I tweeted this um, on Sunday during the game. And I said, you know, we're used to the defense when the offense is struggling. The defense finds a way to have the offenses back, right? This is a game where the defense didn't necessarily play well. You know, um, it's fair to say that the the concepts that Sean McVay has has been was problematic for their elite. <laughs> yeah, it's very very good. And, and you know, when when he's clicking, and he, I mean Matthew Stafford, it's really hard to stop this team. Um, and so this defense struggled, and that's going to happen, right? It's football. You're going to run into guys that are going to have your number. And and this day, the Rams had the Ravens' defense number. And so my question was, maybe it was more of a challenge, Cordell. My challenge was, is this offense going to step up when their defense needs them? Because their defense has done that for them more times than not this season. Literally just a couple weeks ago in the Chargers game, we can say that about about them when that offense really wasn't clicking on all cylinders, the defense did what they had to do to make sure that the win was sealed. But ultimately, were they going to be able to step up and find a way to win this game? And they answered my question. They found a way to come back and at least make this a a game where the Rams had to move down the field and and get a field goal to make this go into overtime. But that's something that we all wanted to see. And Lamar, I think I've come to the conclusion, because I think we've asked this question many times on this podcast. Why is Lamar not running like he used to? Why is, you know, what's the reason? And and while I don't know the specific reason, I have my theories on why, but this is what I've come up with. And, and I think Sunday solidified this for me, Cordell. It's not that he won't, but I think that Lamar preserves himself on the ground for when, he, when there's moments like, Sunday's game where they need him on the ground to make plays that he'll do it. So what he's not going to do is do it all four quarters, right? You know, he wants to stay in the pocket and I'm completely fine with that. But there were times in Sunday's game when you'd be like, Hmm, there, that, that would be normally a situation where Lamar would take off, but he's trying to find an open receiver. He's, you know, doing this. What I've come to the conclusion is that Lamar is really just preserving himself for when he has to take over to make sure that this team solidifies the win. Because in my opinion, when you have games like that, Lamar has to be the hero. He has to put the cape on. He has to find the way to keep the ball going, 
to keep the chains moving. And he did that on Sunday. And he did that also with his legs in addition to his arms. And I think that that's where Lamar is when it comes to the running aspect of his game now. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've talked about this a lot on this podcast and probably on my show as well. You know, the everybody's been looking, uh, has been talking about, you know, the Lamar hasn't been showing his legs as much as he has in the past. And I figured coming out of the bye, that was going to change. He had 11 carries for 70 yards uh, in the win over the Rams. And a lot of that damage was done in money time, in game winning time. When, when they're on the two-minute drive, he's t- he's taking off with his legs. He's keeping them on. He's picking up chunk yards. It's, a, it's funny that even with Lamar running less, he still leads all quarterbacks in rushing this year. That's despite Jalen Hurts, who runs probably more than anybody. Now, Jalen Hurts gets in the end zone more than any other quarterback right now. Uh, but you got guys like Josh Allen that are still taking off, being leaned on a lot in the run game. Lamar still is showing that he's an efficient runner. Yeah. Um, and, and that's what I love the most about him. And you're right. That game against the Rams, that's the type of game that Lamar has to put the cape on and, and be Superman. And he did. And look, we could talk about how Lamar does need to get better as a, as a passer on some of those deep, on the deep balls. Those deep yeah. balls are, weren't pretty. Um, no. There's no way to go around it. Um, I'm sure the weather had somewhat of a factor. We talked to Lamar post game, and you know he talked about how he just got he gets excited, a little too excited when he sees guys streaking down the field. Um, but you know, look, they're taking the shots and they hit on him yesterday. I mean, he gets he finds likely wide open down the field. He finds Beckham wide open down the field after such a great double move by Beckham. Absolutely. I mean, his, and he said he ran the wrong route. He, he did say he ran the wrong route. Which exactly. Is crazy, I mean, which is even more crazy. That's the way it goes. And, and I think it's, I think when he says he ran the wrong route, it makes me believe that that double move wasn't supposed to be a double move. He looks like he's breaking as an in breaking route, or maybe is running a, a, a deep post or something like that. And he sees the safety bite down on it. So he just uses his instincts to go up the field that may also explain why he had to wait for the ball the way he did because Lamar seems looks to pump fake it when Beckham is going into his initial cut and then when Beckham turns it and goes up field I think Lamar has to kind of readjust on the fly and I'm I mean this is just my thinking but watching the re-watching the play it looks like maybe Lamar is trying to get the ball there all of a sudden because Beckham did change his route on the fly, but look, credit to him for a finding Beckham and Beckham for seeing the open area um, and getting there. First of all, that's just such a veteran move. Second, it, it shows you this is this number one. This is how Beckham has gone his whole career. Beckham has always been known as a freelancer when it comes to his route running. I I probably need to ask that this week how much. He's done that this year because throughout his career, that's been one of the knocks on him is that he doesn't stick to the script of the play. He kind of goes out there and just does what he wants. Um, So I am curious to see if he's able to do that in this offense. But it, it does show you that he and Lamar are somewhat on the same page for them to hit on a play where Beckham is basically calling his own audible on the fly. Um, But, yeah, the, the ones to Bateman are concerning. Uh, at this point, it's Lamar and Bateman's connection is officially concerning. I mean, wh- how long are we going to let this go before we just 
you know, abandon the, oh, well, they'll get it together or, right. you know, they got, the reality is they don't have the chemistry that they, that they should have at this point. And yep. that's kind of out of their hands. They both miss a, has missed a substantial amount of time throughout their, uh, throughout the last three years, really throughout Bateman's career specifically. Bateman hasn't been able to, it's ironic. This is the healthiest Bateman's been in his career this year. Um, and so you, he, he's at his healthiest, but Lamar's connection with, with Zay and his connection with, with uh, uh, Odell, and I would argue his connection with Nelson Aguilar is stronger oh, yeah, for than sure. his connection is with Rashad Bateman right now. So it's just, it's unfortunate because I, I do think Bateman is a heck of a talent, but he doesn't do himself a disservice when he's halfway running routes down the field. And, and then you've got times where Lamar's missing him down the field, whether it's him overthrowing them or underthrowing them or simply not throwing them the ball at all. It was times in the game against the Rams where Bateman had beat his guy and didn't get the ball thrown to him. And so not to make it an excuse for him, but just looking at the humanistic side of it and getting in Bateman's mind, that may be one of the reasons why he's slowing down on some of those routes because he's not expecting to get the ball. I, I, I tell people this all the time wide receivers are running 30 to 50 routes a game and probably get the ball thrown to them four or five times. It's hard to stay engaged. Now they should stay engaged on each one of those routes. Yes, absolutely. But it's tough. It's tough to push yourself to run full speed on all of those routes, knowing that you may not end up getting the ball. So, um, but I look, I, I, I thought Lamar was on point. You're not, you look around the NFL reader. It's only, I can really only name what the Niners, the Cowboys, the Dolphins, and that's probably about it in terms of offenses that are smooth, smooth offenses for four quarters. Those yeah. are the only offenses in the league that I that I watch and say that they're that they really are sharp all the way through. So the Ravens having their misses here and there and having their moments to where it just looks ugly and then they can turn it around and put it all together for a drive here and there. That's just who they are. And really, you look around the league. That's what the league is right now. I agree with you. I, I don't really know what the Rashad Bateman situation is now. Look. Lamar underthrew that one pass, and that was mm -hmm. the interception. And that's not on Bateman, but I think a lot of people had an issue with his lack of effort, like after the catch was made. The first one, in terms of when he runs down, the, he's kind of lollygagging, and he realizes, oh, the ball is coming to me, and right. then, you know, you know, runs and, and gets the effort. That one, I think, was a makeup throw. I, I because the, the, the interception earlier. The the one the the one that not that not the one that got intercepted, but the one that he threw to Bateman down the field and Bateman kind of was jogging and looked back that up. Happened, that happened first, and right. then the interception happened. No, I, yeah, that. I say that that one was a makeup throw because Bateman was open maybe a right. play or two before, and he didn't get I the see. ball down gotcha. the field. So I mean, gotcha. I don't know this for sure, but just when I watched it live, it to me it felt like a, a makeup throw. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. And so th they'll figure it out. And look, everybody didn't play sharp yesterday. Zay Flowers had a drop yesterday. Odell Huffy. had a drop yesterday. Guys were missing opportunities yesterday. Mm -hmm. um, but when, likely. It mattered, when it mattered most, they came up and they found a way to be consistent and move the ball down the field. And that's the part that I really loved about seeing this team when, when it's on the line, you know, 
absolutely they found a way to win. Let's flip it over. Hold on, one the- thing. I'm I'm sorry. Go ahead. One Go thing. Ahead. Uh, because the the offensive line played really good. And we've talked a lot about how bad the offensive line has been, or not necessarily bad, but inconsistent. And yeah. you had a you had a tackle rotation yesterday, a pretty big one, um, because Makari is going in for Stanley what felt like every other series. And Farlele is rotating for Morgan Moses in the game as well. And I thought I thought all of them really played well you didn't hear much from Aaron Donald in the game he had his moments to where he's getting close oh yeah but that's, that's because they was leveling was, triple teaming him that's oh, why yeah, you ain't they, hear they, much they, from him. they definitely <laughs> did everything they could but right. Aaron Donald is such a freak of nature it was times in the game where he you could tell all right it's it's it, this is a big play in the game these are big moments in the game and that's what 99 is saving his energy for and to kind of watch him <laughs> at times dominate people and yeah he may not get the sack but you know he's almost there he's getting the pressure just as a fan of the game uh that 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 dude is uh out of this world i completely agree with you so finding a way to try to contain him as best as possible obviously was a big part of what it is they wanted to do and unfortunately for them sometimes um i think 56 the linebacker was able to get open because mm-hmm. Aaron Donald was right occupied by so many guys so many times that. but ultimately um, they look. They still found a way to win, and that 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 the, that to me speaks volumes in terms of what it is that they wanted to do. Because you know, Cordell, that I have questioned what this team is going to do with elite pass rushers moving forward the final five weeks of the season. Let's flip the script to the defensive side of the ball here on Winning Drive. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So as we know, the defense did not have the best game uh, on Sunday. And shout out, I don't want to say shout out, but credit to Sean McVay for what it is that he does because he's phenomenal when it comes to um, offensive schemes and offensive concepts. And you can, look, you know, we saw Odell with his, uh, did it say frenemies? Yeah, frenemies. Yeah. Okay. Um, Very weird. Had they lost, we'd have been having a conversation about that hoodie, but they won, so here we go. Um, but ultimately, you know, I, you got to assume Odell loves with the Rams, not, not only because he won a Super Bowl there, but because it's probably a wide receiver's dream with the concepts that they run um, offensively. And, you know, I was concerned because the Rams was coming into this game on a three-game win streak. They have been playing exceptionally well on offense the last few weeks. They come into MT Bank Stadium and they play. Look, we thought that, you know, I know for me, I definitely um, got comfortable with how good this defense has played. And I definitely took that offense of the Rams for granted because when we did our picks, I only picked them to score 13 points, I think. <laughs> but, you know, ultimately, I also thought it was going to be raining much harder than it was because right. it really didn't rain as hard. And as it was really no win. And there was no wind, and it was it was warm too. Mm-hmm. So that th- those things kind of changed the dynamic of what we thought the game was going to look like. But then you know, here comes the defense, who has although they played well, Cordell. One of the things that 
you and I have talked about in terms of their struggles has been run defense. And I think yeah. Fox acknowledged that they're they're like 11th in run defense, which isn't bad, obviously, right? There's They're in the top echelon out of 32 teams, I guess, if you want to look at it that way. But it's always been something that we've looked at and said, hmm, this isn't well. And so I saw people complaining about how conservative the Ravens were coming out in their first possession. And the Rams turned around and not only were conservative, they were successful. They yeah. just were running the ball in that first series down the field. And then for whatever reason, once they got into the red zone, they decided that they wanted to throw, which was right. dumb. But that's to me because coaches think that they're smarter than everybody else instead of just doing what they should be doing. And, you know, here we are. So struggling against the run defense, struggling just generally in the first half. They did tighten up better in the second half of that game. But the first half, and from a run perspective, was very, very interesting, to say the least. Yeah, I mean, the the issue that I've had with the Ravens' run defense is – what happens when a team game plans and commits to the run game because they've gotten away with the, with teams pretty much going away from the run game. And you mentioned the Rams on the first drive, nine straight runs at one point just to get into the red zone and have three straight incompletions uh, to kind of kill that drive. But 25 carries, 114 yards for Kyron Williams. I mean, that dude, he was a dog. I mean, I'm watching him drag guys. He's so good after first contact. The Rams did a really good job with their blocking schemes, uh, getting to the next level. Matt Abike talked about that, how they were just, you know, they they that was the adjustment the Ravens made. In the first half, They the, the Rams offense was able to kind of uh, get up to to the second level to block guys like Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith in the run game. And that's why sometimes you weren't seeing Kyron Williams get first contact until seven yards up the field. But the adjustment that they made in the second half was that those defensive linemen, instead of shedding those blocks, um, they stayed on those blocks a little quicker, I believe. Or, or maybe it was the opposite, actually. Uh, they shed those blocks quick quicker um, to, to, to get to the point of contact earlier. And um, that was big. That definitely changed the game in the second half. But look, the Rams passing game is what it is. Um, the Ravens have been so good at limiting big plays through the air all year. And they faced a team that excels in that. And I, the Ravens defense has done such a good job all year of dictating how how offense, how opposing offenses would would work. And they weren't able to do that in the Rams game. The Rams had them on their heels. That's the first time this year. I've seen a, an offense pretty much all game have this Ravens defense kind of responding, trying to counterpunch instead of being the aggressors in the game. And it's tough. Look, Kyle Hamilton goes down. We'll find out his status. But that's a huge blow uh, for the Ravens, not only for that Rams game, but potentially going forward. We'll see what his issue is now dealing with that knee injury. Um, but you know, when they've got guys like Cooper Cup who who really showed out eight catches, 115 hey man, can, yards. Can we talk about this real quick? Why mm -hmm. the one play where Cooper Cup had a, a striking a long pass down the field, he's in motion and he you know catches the ball in the flat. Hey man, 
Oh, wide open. How do you, how do you forget to cover Cooper Cup of all? It looked, like, it, it looked like Arthur Millette was running with him, and then no, I, he never ran. No, well, no, I'm talking about in the motion, and then he stopped. Oh, yes, that's through. correct. Yes, you're yeah, right. Yes, and, he and did. Then just kind of released him. I don't, I don't. It was clearly a busted coverage. I don't know if he thought that they were switching off or what that was, but I mean that turned out to be huge, you know, because. I, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna freestyle it. If I see that Cooper Cup is by himself, yeah. hey man, I, I don't want to leave that man by himself. I, no. if, if y'all not gonna do it, I'm gonna do it. Okay, yeah. because I'm not gonna let like he is the best receiver on this team easily. We watched Cooper Cup when the Rams needed to make a play in the Super Bowl, take over the game. Mm-hmm. Did he not win the MVP? The he did. Okay, he did. so why are we leaving Cooper Cup by himself? I, I mean, it was I, I'm flabbergasted at the fact that. Y'all think that y'all could just leave that man in a space by himself and think that he's not going to do what we know that he does best. But I'm, I'm sorry, I had to get that one nah, out. I mean, and, and that drive in itself was crazy because, remember, if I'm correct, I think that's the drive where, you know, the Rams were punting and Tylen Wallace is called off sides and, and they end up coming back on the field and then they're able to get that big play to Cooper Cup to end up getting them in the red zone where they would end up scoring to Demarcus Robinson and John Harbaugh uses a challenge there, which was a big question in itself. And I did ask John Harbaugh about that after the game. And, you know, his response was that essentially he used that challenge to get more time to set up for the two point conversion. And I've had some time to kind of think about that. And I, 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 I'm not saying that, I necessarily believe him, but I'm not saying that I don't believe him either. Like I, I could see it. I could see it. And, and you know, I, I'm not gonna lie, as he's answering that question, I'm looking at him like, John, is this what we're going with? Like this is this is what you're thinking of. But the more I thought about it, um, I could see that being a legit reason because if they call the timeout, it's probably a 30-second timeout. They really don't have the time. He calls the challenge in which they weren't even really allowed to challenge at that point. And it takes so long for the officials to kind of decide that. And he still he not only gets the time for them to talk about the challenge, but then he also gets his timeout on the back end as well because they're forced to use the timeout. And then it goes on and the Rams don't convert the two-point conversion. So it all works out. For John Harbaugh, but that that was definitely puzzling in itself. But look, the the, the Rams offense, I, I said it going into the game. I don't think the Ravens have faced an offense like the Rams this season. Yeah, um, the Bengals are supposed to have that type of personnel where they have all those wide receivers. But the twice the two times the Ravens have played them this year, the Bengals just weren't right. It's either Higgins isn't I mean, there, that's Chase, not even just this and, year and, though. And, and Joe, Joe Burrow. It doesn't. It's not even just this year. They the, the Bengals don't typically play the Ravens defense that way generally. Just think right. about the the late game from last year when they was it was a very low score. Mm-hmm. I don't. But here's the difference too: the Bengals have Zach Taylor. No, no, no disrespect. Right. Sean McVay and what he's able to do is generational. Mm-hmm. I think. And I just don't think that Zach Taylor has is is, is that has that type of privy that Sean McVay does. Oh. So while they have the players, they don't have the schemes and they don't have the concepts. That's that all. was that was more so what I was talking about the the personnel at wide receiver. Yeah. The, the, yeah. the fact that the Rams have legit 
probably two wide receiver ones on their team between Puka and Cooper. And look, Cooper's yep. a monster. Um, but Puka Nakua, the, the the stuff he was, I mean, that out of bounds dive and catch that he has, the savviness, the, the savviness to, to kind of hook Marlon on that and, and then get the defensive pass. And if that's that's a this that's a fifth round rookie making that knowing how to get a call, play. dog. I mean, Come that, on, man. And that, we all know that that was bogus as hell. Oh, it's definitely that, bogus. That, not, not only was the ball, and forget the fact that the ball was uncatchable. Forget that. Right. Like you said, he hooked Lamar. He, yeah. hooked he, he definitely hooked him. He definitely hooked him. But I mean, you just don't get that type of savvy play from a, a, a fifth round rookie. And they've got yeah. two fifth round rookies on their team and Puka and Kyron Williams that are both looking like studs. So a lot of people have gotten on the Rams for kind of punting on these first round picks that they haven't had. But when you're able to find gems late in the draft, the way that they are, and you have the coaching that they have, you're going to be just fine. Um, but yeah, that the, the, it was good to see the Ravens get tested on the defensive side of the ball because it, it is a good test for what's coming up. And I talked to our, you know, uh, Arthur Millette in the locker room, and he wasn't pleased about the way that the defense played in the game. Um, but you know, he understood that this is just that time of year, and this is what it's going to be. The closer that they get to January, these wins are going to be tougher to come by, and. Just me personally, I think winning a game like they did against the Rams, that's a that's a character builder win. It's I would be more concerned if the Ravens were able to get to the January by just destroying everybody as opposed to being battle tested the way that I think they will be once they finish this final stretch of the regular season. Yeah. And look. We have to find out what's going on with Kyle Hamilton. We know that he left the game. He he had left the game earlier on what mm-hmm. appeared to be a non-contact injury at first, but he came back in, then he exited, and then he was out. It's a, apparently a knee issue. They're going to have an MRI, I believe, on Monday to see you know, what the extent is of that. You hope it's just maybe a sprain and that he's not lost for the season. That's a huge loss. Um, if Kyle Hamilton is not able to go. And look, the Ravens have playmakers all around the field, so they'll find a way, I'm sure. Um, but losing Kyle Hamilton would be uh, a big loss if they are able to do that. So, look, it happens. You know, great defenses have bad games too, and, and the Ravens did that. But ultimately, you still feel confident about what they're able to do to know that they're still going to find a way to make plays. Because like you said, you know, they, they didn't get the two-point conversion. They, you know, they tightened up a little bit better in, in the second half. Marlon got to catch that ball, though, in the end zone. We're going to have to have a conversation. That's why you play defense, Marlon. We understand now because you can't catch a ball like, <laughs> like the way you can probably catch a Colt. So yeah. ultimately <laughs> – it happens, you know, uh, but, but you know, I, I'm still confident that this defense will be able to rebound in the next coming weeks. And, look, it's not going to be easy. We know they got Jacksonville. They got mm-hmm. San Francisco. They got Miami. You know what I'm saying? So they got some prolific offenses that they're going to be seeing in the next few weeks. Um, but I'm confident that they'll be able to find a way to um, tighten things up and be better down the stretch. All right, so let's do Pats on the Hat. It might be a lot going on, but let's try to do three a piece on ladies the hat, first on the hat, huh? 
Say ladies first. I felt like you was probably oh, handing over to me. You're going to give me the ladies first. All right. Um, You know what? Let's give it to Lamar. Let's give it. Let's get the first pat on the hat to Lamar Jackson. The statistics won't tell the story because if you look at Lamar's stats, um, while he does have three touchdowns, one interception, his QBR was only 92.8. His uh, completion percentage was only 55.8. Um, but ultimately, it's not about the stats. It's about when he showed up in that game. He also had 11 runs for 70 yards. Um, what he was able to do at that final uh, drive was just phenomenal. And that is what you want to see from a team that has aspirations for the Super Bowl. You want to see them be able to pick up and deal with the adversity and say, no, nah, we got this. And that's what it looked like. And the general Lamar Jackson did just that. And so shout out to him, man, for finding a way to lead his offense to move down the field and get, the win, well, obviously, get the lead because mm -hmm. we know it, it dwindled. But to at least get the lead in that game that could potentially have would have been the win moving forward. So I'm going with Lamar Jackson for my first pat on the hat. Yeah, I mean, rightfully so. He had the 300 yards passing as well. Yep. And look, the completion percentage is going to go down when you're pushing the ball down the field the way that the Ravens did in that Rams game. Those aren't high percentage plays the further down the field you throw the ball. Um, but, yeah, it was good. To, you know, that's the trade-off. They hit on some of the deep balls, so you're going to lose a little bit on a completion percentage, but you get the three touchdowns, you get the 300-plus yard pass a game and 70 yards on the ground. Um, great day for him. Um, I'm going to go with Tylen Wallace. I mean, yeah. the hero of the day, 76 yes. yards return. And it wasn't like he was just able to just go the entire way untouched. I mean, that was will and effort to score that touchdown. That was him fighting for his moment right there. Yep. And look, Devin Duvernay is another guy that's being evaluated and hopefully we'll be able to find out more about his situation. But Tylen Wallace coming in cold off the bench and being able to come through for the team in that moment and breaking multiple tackles, not losing his balance, not stepping out of bounds, yeah. going up the sideline. I mean, that that was big time right there. Um, and it couldn't have happened to a better dude. I mean, this is a dude that I thought really played his butt off in the preseason during training camp to, to fight and earn his spot on this team and look it's tough you know it's, it's tough to go out there and you know you're practicing hard you're putting in the work and then come Sunday you're not getting opportunities and you talk about getting your shot and not missing it um Tylen Wallace really came through in a big way for the Ravens and it, it was it was just good to see kind of all his hard work um come come full circle for him completely agree. I mean, this is just, that was just a moment. And, you know, I, while I wasn't at the bank just to see like the reaction from the crowd, from the videos and stuff, mm -hmm. you were there, obviously it just felt like it was so electric when that was going on. And, and, that, you know, he deserves that he's, he's, you know, made the team. We've had conversations about if Tylon was going to make the team mm -hmm. and all these things. And for him to never had done a punt before, apparently, um, Come up huge. And guess what, y'all? I don't care about that 
maybe it was a block in the back, not blocking the back. Don't care about any of that. The refs got a lot of calls wrong in that game. So the way that I look at it, the football guards made it all even. So hey, Patrick Mahomes would have loved it. He said he wants players to decide the game. That's 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 what happened. The exactly. Players decided the game. Exactly. So there's that, and uh, I love that for them. Uh, and, and Tyler, and good congratulations to you for just having your moment because you definitely deserve it. I want to go with the defensive line um, for my pats on the hat. Yes, it's going to be more than one. I'm going to give that to the group. Uh, Travis Jones and Justin Matabike each had a sack. Uh, Excuse me, Justin Matabike is now double digits in sacks, and he's had eight consecutive games where at least a half sack, uh, I believe. I got to check Uh, But ultimately, this man is – I hate to say it feels like he's pricing himself out of Baltimore, but hey, listen, you got to love the ride while the ride is still going on, right? And it's just been great. Travis Jones is a guy that I really, I think he's very athletic. I think that he, I'm excited to see him develop more because this is only his second year as a player. And I, I'm excited to see how he grows and becomes a force on this team moving forward. Uh, but ultimately, the defensive line guys, Definitely tried to do their best to get at Stafford, which wasn't really a whole lot yesterday. Mm-hmm. But the guys that did get to him was the guys on the defensive line. So shout out to those two guys for being consistent and getting the sacks that they got on Sunday's game. Who else you got? Yeah, I'm going to stick on the wide receiver side. Uh, I'm going to go to Zay. Zay coming up huge for them. Six catches, 60 yards. The touchdown gets the two-point conversion as well. Um, Yeah, he had a couple of drops, but Zay had a couple of really timely catches. He had one on the sideline that he had to really reach up and grab, and then he makes a guy miss, and he gets contact, and he's dragging two guys for a couple more yards. That that was – that whole – First of all, the touchdown today and the two-point conversion, that was big boy yes. football. That, that, yes. that was big boy football by everybody involved. Lamar sitting in the pocket, making that throw. Zay working his way open on not only the touchdown, but also to come down with the two-point conversion. That two-point conversion play is probably the next hated play for me after the goal line fade. I hate when teams roll the quarterback out in those situations because it cuts off half the field and we just don't really see a high percentage of success on that play because the route concepts are basically the same each time and defenses once they see the quarterback getting out of the pocket they're almost sitting on somebody making an out breaking route but credit Mm -hmm. to Zay to work open and Lamar to go away from his first read which was Isaiah Likely and find Zay Flowers in the back of the end zone. Uh, That was big time. But we're watching Zay really come into a zone. Three touchdowns in the last two games for him. And this is why I didn't have an issue with him scoring that touchdown at the end of the Chargers game. Because we just talked – you talked earlier about could the offense step up when the defense wasn't there. And the way that the offense played in that Chargers game, it was just so blah – that I, I think they desperately needed that that play that Zay scored on at the end of the game to kind of put it away. Don't yep. even put the defense back in that position. Let's do it ourselves. 
and and I do feel like that can be a momentum jumper, not only for Zay, uh, but for this offense as well. So uh, it's just it's just really good to see Zay continuing to mature. I am going to stick with the wide receiver spot, and I'm going to go with Nelson Aguilar. Now, why do you ask that? Well, <clears throat> Nelson Aguilar's numbers ain't really great when you like like it's not like he did he balled out. He had five receptions on five targets for 32 yards. All right, cool. But he had some opportunities um, that helped move the chains. Mm-hmm. He was very good with that. But also, Cordell, the Zay touchdown. Nelson Aguilar is a big part of why that Zay touchdown was able yeah. to happen because Nelson pulls the safety away mm-hmm. for a split second. Uh, that really gave time for that play to develop and for Zay to get the one-on-one matchup and get the touchdown. So uh, sometimes it's not about the statistics. Sometimes it's about the guys that's out there being a part of what is going on. And I think that, you know, we like to look at the paper and say, oh, well, this person did this, and oh, this person did this. But if you don't have Nelson Aguilar doing that, you potentially don't get the Zay touchdown. So you have to acknowledge his part and not only, you know, working the outside of the field, because he did really good with that, but also him doing his part with trying to move the guy away so that Zay could get the, the, the matchup that he wanted and ultimately score. So I'm giving my last pat on the hat to Nelson Aguilar for being the uns, one of the unsung heroes in Sunday's game. What's your last pat on the hat? Frank? I'm going to stick to the wide receivers. I'm going OBJ, OBJ, Four catches, 97 yards, including that 46-yard touchdown. Uh, Just, I think he is really coming on at the right time. This is the time of year that they signed him for. Um, He's been hot. Outside of that Chargers game that I think that they gave him a planned rest for, um, didn't get a lot of reps in that game, didn't really get a lot of action in general. Um, But he was back in a big way. And this one continues to find the end zone. And I think that's going to continue to happen for him as the year goes on, as they continue to play in these big games down the stretch. OBJ is showing himself to be kind of Lamar's go-to guy. Another game with 10 targets. Uh, Him and Zay Flowers, the only two guys with 10 targets in the game on Sunday. So um, I I think OBJ is starting, you know, it, it, it looks like the shoulder is becoming less of an issue for him. Um, and he's just so quarterback friendly. He has excellent hands, um, great route running ability, uh, just a nose of finding an open area and making himself available to his quarterback. I, I just think he is going to continue to get better for this offense. Yeah, I, I really love the fact that those guys had, you know, drops and then they found a way to find, you know, get in the game and, and make plays when it mattered the most. So and that's what you want. Right. That is what you ask for. You want your guys to look that you're going to make mistakes. But unlike the Steelers game, where it felt like that they were deflated from their their drops, they didn't give up. And, mm-hmm. and that's just, you know. Uh, Odell is a big part of the veteran leadership of this team that I've always felt they needed when Rashad Bateman was drafted because Rashad really didn't have a veteran presence that he could rely on. And now guys like Zay and Rashad, they have the veteran presence of Aguilar as well as Odell that can help them, you know, just keep it pushing and be the motivators that they need to off the field as well. So um, shout out to Odell for just continuing to be the standard, particularly down the stretch when the Ravens really need him um, this season. So 
we look forward to seeing what he's able to do for the rest of the year. All right, uh, Cordell, look, we talk about, you know, Harbaugh and the, the terrible call, and we didn't talk a lot about the refs. We could probably do that sometime this week. Uh, we're going to just enjoy this win, and we'll critique these guys uh, with – we'll pick through it a little bit later. Mm-hmm. But for now, the way that that game was played and the way that it ended, I think, is enough for a celebration of sorts. Uh, they did what needed to be done, and um, I think we should just continue to ride this high until the next episode, of course, when we'll find some reasons to feel some type of way of what happened in Sunday's game. So um, if you were at the game, thanks for being loud. Thanks for being, you know, proud out there in the rain. We appreciate y'all. We'll be back sometime this week. We'll talk more about that big thriller against the Los Angeles Rams. We want to thank you all for listening. So from Cordell to me, this is Winning Drive. Twenty four hundred sports is an Odyssey company.